Father, we exalt you. We magnify thee. We bless and glorify your holy name. Give God the praise who lives forever and ever. Our God from whom all blessings flow. Be thou exalted, O God. Be thou exalted, O God. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with us given. Well, we are going to lift up our voices together as one today. And we are going to thank God for the grace of the word again. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed his people. Now you begin to thank God for the word of God that is coming to you tonight from the book of Job chapter 15 and 16. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for the hour of the word. The Bible says you send your word and it heal your people and it deliver them from their chains. Thank you for your word that you are sending to us this night. Father, we exalt you. Celebrate the word of God. Thank God for the written word. Thank God for the word of healing. Thank God for the word of creation. Thank God for the word of empowerment. Thank God for the word of God will surely come to pass. Thank God for the word of God that refines us. The word of God that is fire. That will bless you. That transforms us. That enables us. The one that increases us. The one that reveals to us the benefits that God has for us. And the one that empowers us to access the benefit. What a wonderful word it is. Lord, we bless you for giving us the privilege and the honor to be the recipient of your word. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed his people. And he delivered them from their chains. Lord, we bless you for the word that we will read today from the book of Job shall accomplish the purpose for which you are sending it just exactly as you have spoken so it shall be. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Thank you, sovereign Lord, ever very, very grateful. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Amen. The second prayer we are going to pray before we go to sharing the word of God is this. Yesterday, the Lord spoke to us very strongly on the Holy Spirit. And we looked at the life of Moses. And one of the things that is so spectacular about Moses, which I always call the key of Moses to the heart of the Father. Exodus 33, verse 13. It says that Moses said to God, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways as, so, so I may know you and continue to find favor before you. You are going to tell the Lord, Father, open my eyes to see your ways in the world that will be discussed today. Teach me your ways, O oh God. Let me have rema. Let me have insight for myself, something from God to me that will change my life forever. I don't want to just be in this meeting from beginning to the end without receiving a rema. Give me a rema word. Lift up your heart and speak to God. Give me a rema word. Talk to me, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give me a rema word so that the word that will come today, I will receive direct rema from you, Father, in the name of Jesus, so that it will transform my life, something that will remain with me and remain in me forever, that will never leave me. Father, Lord, I pray thee for profound insight and revelation from you. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are prayed. Amen and amen. Well, you are all very welcome. Today is a, a Bible study. We have been looking at the book of Job uh, uh, up till last, last Wednesday. Every Wednesday is a Bible study together, a good Bible study. <clears throat> and we look at the book of Job right now. Last week we ended in chapter 14, and today we are going to be looking at chapter 15 and 16. And so we will have a little summary from members who have been blessed 
in one way or the other uh, from last week's study, which was chapter 13 and 14. And then I will call the, the woman of God to come and expound to us what God is saying from chapter 15. My contribution is from Job chapter 13, from verses 5, 15, and 16. I have three key points I'll be bringing out from these um, verses. So verse 5 says, If only you will be altogether silent, for you that will be wisdom. Verse uh, 15 says, Though he slays me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. And verse um, 16 says, indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. So from the first scripture I read in verse 5, it says that if only you will altogether be silent. The key thing for us believers is not every time we open our mouth to talk. In uh, Proverbs 70, 28, it says that even when a fool is quiet, it's considered to be wise. So we Christians will be selective in how and when we choose to react or to respond. And as I said, uh, verse 15 said, Though you slay me, yet I will hope in you. Job was going through a very challenging, trying period, yet he chose to trust in God. In line with Romans chapter 8, verses 28, we know that all things work together for good, for us that love God, and for all that are called according to God's purpose. So for God's, for God's children, you and I, we go through all kinds of trials in our lives. That should not make us turn back on God. We must love God. We must press onto this soul because we know, we know that Job was blessed two times better than he was before his trials. The same thing with us. As we patiently hold on to God, no matter the trial, God will surely bless us and promote us at the end of it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the key thing, be silent. Be a keen listener and trust God at all times. So the three key, um, three key points. Thank you and God bless. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Job 13 verse 3, which reads, But I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. In this passage, it goes back to Job's point of view, and he still believed that he was right. Before the previous chapters, I would have agreed with him, because God even called him blameless. But when his friends came to visit him, the tables turned and he was no longer the blameless one. He thought that he was right and God was wrong, and that led to him sinning. Even though Job did do some careless things, in a way way, he was right because his friends came to speak to him. And all they did was tell him how much he had sinned. And because of this, he had to call them worthless physicians. But in in this chapter, it never showed them acknowledging what Job said. Job Job seemed to sin because he thought that God didn't care about him. So he felt that even if God didn't care about him, he could not deny that he had done some good works. But now, when he asked to argue his case with God, that went a bit too far, because even if he thought that God was wrong, he should not have tried to argue with God. He should not have tried to argue with God. In our everyday lives, people seem to have the same mentality as Job, and many people start off well, And after they have done a few good works, they branch off and feel that those will cover their sins in rapture day. We know that better is the end of the matter rather than the beginning. So let us pray that we will end better, so that we will be empowered and we can end better. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution is taken from Job 14 verses 19 and 20, 
which reads, As water wears away stones, and torrents wash away the soil, so you destroy a person's hope. You overpower them once and for all, and they are gone. <clears throat> you change their countenance and send them away. And in the past few chapters, we have seen Job's mood and his rhetoric fluctuate like a pendulum swing, with him expressing his optimism in chapter 13, verse 15, compared to now, where he accuses God of destroying every last shred of hope he has. This passage is somewhat similar to Mark 15, verse 34, where at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here we see that Jesus felt forsaken by God in a similar way to Job, as Jesus had to endure the withdrawal of God's fellowship and the outpouring of God's wrath in death. In many ways, Job and Jesus are actually quite similar. Job was described by God as blameless and upright, and Jesus was the embodiment of perfection. Moreover, the agony that both men went through could be seen as undeserved, as Job was tested to show the devil what true love for God comprised of, and Jesus sacrificed his life so that we could be free. So how can Jesus never open his mouth to utter such atrocities, even though he suffered greatly as well? The key lies in his mindset. Job accused God of torturing him with needless suffering, but Jesus trusted in God's judgment and, forsake every, and forsook everything to trust in him. However, we must remember that Job's suffering was not voluntary, and he had no idea that his restoration was imminent. Jesus, however, understood that his travail would lead to the salvation of many, and knew that he would eventually be restored to splendour. Nonetheless, Job's behaviour was not acceptable, and as Christ prophesied, there lies ahead much suffering for Christians like us. But we must pray that God will strengthen our minds and grant us grace, so that even in adversity, we will have the mindset of Jesus and not Job. Amen. Good evening. I'm going to be contributing from Job chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. It says, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. 16. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless person would dare come before him. What I took from this chapter and from previous chapters is that despite Job's pain, affliction, ordeal, he still hoped and had confidence in God. And as we read on further, we will, we will understand or establish rather that he was rewarded immensely because of this. Also, if I can cast our minds back to Jesus when he was going through his trial and he said to God, Father, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Again, Jesus hoped in God and he was also rewarded greatly for this. Now, if I take our minds or if I cast our minds to certain scriptures that I'm going to read, just to reiterate my point that trusting in God has immense benefits. I start with Jeremiah 17, verse 7, which is one of Apostles' favorite scriptures. And it says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Psalm 27, 3 says, though a host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise up against me, in this will I be confident. Now, this pandemic has caused a lot of pain, suffering and ordeal for some of us. And some of us are still going through pain and suffering. I would just like to let you know that despite the fact you're going through so much pain and immense suffering, 
God is saying this to you, just the way he spoke to Joshua, which is be strong, be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. Thank you. My contributions are on Job chapter 13, verses 1 to 4. In verses 1 and 2, Job told his friends that he was not a novice to all they told him about God, and that it was not worth it for him to listen to their deceptive and fallacious arguments again and again. So in verse 3, Job said he desired to go directly and appeal to Almighty God himself. His friends did not understand his case, and had no feelings for what he went through. Instead, Job felt deeper pains because they blasted him with several sarcastic statements. In verse 4, Job was provoked by his friends, and he said they smeared him with lies, and they could not prescribe Job with solutions, but instead fabricated falsehood. Therefore, Job said his friends were physicians of no value. A dictionary definition says a physician cures and ills moral or spiritual heroes. Job referred to his friends as worthless physicians who prescribed no good medication to lighten, relieve his pains, or even bring any comfort to him. But instead, they caused him distress. They prescribed bad treatments and did not apply any good cure. Some of the lessons in these four verses are we should not misconstrue misunderstand or misinterpret people's trials. Instead, we should ask God to see them through things going on in their lives. And if we are privileged to counsel or support them, we should be patient with and offer sweet words of God to them. Job's friends, though they came to express their sympathy to him, but the words they said only aroused not so good emotions within Job to the extent that he uttered some things to himself which he would not have expressed as an upright man. So we should let the Holy Spirit guide us. And we conclude by saying we should be careful of the physicians of no value, as Job called his friends, but we should instead take and disclose our trials and complaints to Jesus Christ, the physician and lover of our souls. We can go to him anytime, he's everywhere, and he will heal us by his grace and mercy wherever we are out. Amen. Job 13. Job 13:26 For you write down bitter things against me and make me inherit the sins of my youth. Some believers share similar opinion like Job in this verse that delay to God answering their prayers is due to their past sins. God but God never keep records of wrong. God is love and that's his nature according to First John or First Corinthians thirteen five. The scripture says they are sin I remember no more. Hebrew eight twelve. Satan reminds us of our past sins, which Jesus has blotted out by his own blood. When Satan reminds you of your sin, stand upon the word of God and confess in a loud voice that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 You overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, Revelation 12.11. So Satan's utmost goal is to fill our hearts with guilt and condemnation so as to deprive us of our confidence to stand before God and pray. Your response should always be to resist him steadfastly in the faith. 
and it shall flee from you. James 4, 7. God bless. All right. These contributions are, I would say, cooktastic. They are fantastic. And that's the kind of um, uh, order I wanted because everybody was calm, no pressure, and we could get and assimilate what God is saying. And are you not amazed if you have been watching and listening that these information you are given by these people are divine and it's applicable to our contemporary situations globally may the lord continue to strengthen and bless you every one of you give you insight upon insight because when you know the truth the truth that you know will set you free shall we just welcome to my podium and platform reverend omar williams who will expand to all joe 15 and 16. Reverend Omar, please. Praise the Lord tonight. It's wonderful again to be in his presence. As I've always said, I don't take it for granted. I want to say thank you to Apostle for the privilege that you have given to us, even as a church, both young and old, even babies in the womb, are listening all the time and fellowshipping with God. So I want to thank God for that grace upon your life to release a lot of uh, overcomers in Jesus' name. And also want to say thank you to everyone that has been contributing. And those of you that contributed tonight, I want to say thank you to you all. You did a great job. You will never come down. This that you have done tonight will be written forever on your behalf in heaven. In Jesus' name. And as we study the book of Job, I want every one of us to learn greatly from this book. So that at the end of this, reading this book, we all gather together to praise the Lord. There is a lot to learn from the life of Job, his friends, and many, many more as we continue to read in these scriptures. That scripture. That takes us now to the book of Job 15. Thank God for Jesus. The entrance of his word gives us light. And I pray tonight that as we read the word of God, we shine his light on our path in Jesus' name. That takes us to the book of Job chapter 15. This is Eliphaz, Job's friend, speaking here. Then Eliphaz the Terminite replied, Will the wise man answer with empty notions or fill his belly with hot east wind? Would he argue with useless words? So that tells you the attribute of a wise man. You can just note that for noting sake. We argue with his useless words, with, speech, with speeches that have no value. But you have undermined pity and hindered devotion to God. Your sin prompts your mouth. You adopt the tongue of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, not mine. Your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man ever born? Were you brought forth from the hills? Do you listen in on God's counsel? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What insight do you have that we do not have? The gray haired and the aged are on our side. Men even older than our fathers. Are God's consolation not enough for you? Words spoken gently to you? Why have your heart 
carried you away and wiped your eyes flash so that you vent your rage against God and pour out such words from your mouth. What is man that he could be pure? Or one born of woman that he could be righteous? If God places no trust in his holy ones, if even the heavens are not pure in his eyes, how much less man who is vile and corrupt, who drinks up evil like water. Listen to me and I will explain to you. Let me tell you what I have said. What wise men have declared, hiding nothing received from their fathers, to whom alone the land was given, where no alien passed among them. All these days, the wicked man suffers torment. The rotless through all the years store up for himself. Terrifying sounds fill his ears. When all seems well, marauders attack, attack him. He, disp uh, he despairs of escaping the darkness. He's marked for the sword. He wanders about food for vulture. He knows the day of darkness is at hand. Distress and anguish fills him with terror. They overwhelm him like a king cursed to, to attack because he shakes his fist at God and bounds himself against the Almighty. Defiantly charging against him with a thick, strong shield, though his face is covered with fat and his waist bodges with flesh. He will inhabit ruined towns and houses where no one lives, houses crumbling to rubble. He will no longer be rich. His wealth will not endure, nor will his possessions spread over the land. He will not escape the darkness. A flame will wither his suits, and the breath of God's mouth will carry him away. These are attributes of the wicked man. That is what those friend was actually referencing Job to be a wicked man. Let him not deceive himself by trusting what is worthless, for he will get nothing in return. Before his time, he will be paid in full, and his branches will not flourish. He will be like a vine stripped of its unripe grapes, like an olive tree shedding its blossom. For the company of the godless will be barren, and fire will consume the tent of those who love brides. They conceive trouble and give back to evil. Their womb fashions the state. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. That takes us to chapter 16. Then Job replied, this was Job's reply to his friend's accusation. Then Job replied, I have heard many things like this. Miserable comforters. I want you to underline that. Are you all? Only one friend has spoken, but with all the previous things that his friends have spoken, they are still going to be speaking more as we read forward, further. Job now replied all of them as a group. I have heard many things like this. Miserable comforters. Are you all? I want you to underline that. May we not be such comforters. Will your long-winded speeches never end? 
What ails you that you keep on arguing? I also will speak like you. If you were in my place, I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head at you. But my mouth will encourage you. Comfort from my lips will bring you relief. I want you to underline that verse five. That is who we ought to be. The word that comes out of our mouth will comfort people in their distresses, in their sorrow, in whatever they are going through. Yet, if I speak, my pain is not relieved. And if I refrain, it does not go away. Like you've all said tonight, it's good to be silent. Whatever we are going through, just be silent and look. Accept God's hands to change situation. Surely, O oh God, you have worn me out. You have devastated my entire household. You have bound me and it has become a weakness. My uh, gauntness rises up and testifies against me. God assails me and tears me and tears me in his anger and gnashes his teeth at me. My opponents passing on me his piercing eyes. Men open their mouths to jeer at me. They strike my cheek in scorn. It's also likened to what happened to Jesus. And unite together against me. God has turned my God has turned me over to evil men and thrown me into the clutches of the wicked. All was well with me, but he shattered me. He seized me by the neck and crushed me. He has made me his target. His archer surrounds me. Without pity, he pierces my kidney and spills my gall on the ground. Again and again, he bursts upon me. He rushes at me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth over my skin and buried my brow in the dust. My face is red with weeping. Deep shadow ring, shadows ring my eyes, yet my hands have been free of violence, and my prayer is still. O earth, do not cover my blood. May my cry never be made to rest. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. I want you to underline from that verse 19. A witness, Job's witness, is in heaven. Our advocate, my advocate, Job's advocate, is on high. My intercessor, witness, advocate, intercessor, is my friend. As my eyes pours out tears to God, on behalf of a man, he pleads with God. As a man pleads for his friend. Only a few years pass before I go on the journey of no return. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Amen. That takes us tonight to, to, to our notes, my notes. Amen. In this chapter 15, there is a lot that uh, was reported. I'll quickly go on to chapter 15 here. You can see in this <coughs> chapter, Eliphaz is the second round of discussion. Eliphaz's second round statements. 
Eliphasis second round accusations. Eliphasis second round folly or foolish or wrong act. Seeing a friend in trouble. Eliphas was supposed to moderate and do the right thing. But he was just blabbing. And in that chapter 16, Job gave it all to, to, to him there. So Eliphaz's second round of discussion, he accuses Job of folly or foolishness or being foolish or Job that Job has done the wrong act. In that verses 1 to 16, you can see how Eliphaz phrased his speech in the, in, in, in the verses of that 1 to 16. He accused Job of not being wise. He accused Job that Job was a lying hypocrite. Once again, claiming once again that no man is pure before God. Was just all his statement in that chapter 16 was all accusation. Job was not wise. Job was a lying hypocrite. Claiming once again that no man is pure before God. His speech is full of exaggerations. That is a statement that represents something as better or worse than it really is. And it lacks sensitivity with an uh, unjust charges against you. His, his speech or speeches just worthless. That has to take Job to respond. In that 16, in the way he responded. But thank God for grace. You know fully well, according to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1 to 22, that there is time for everything under the sun. That Ecclesiastes chapter 3 explained in the various ways time to be born. Then I will put it this way in this case, in order to moderate it. It's a time for comfort and time to rebuke or correct. And that you can see in that Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 4 to 7, because a lot of things were expressed in that place. But in this chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 4 to 7, it talks about time to comfort and time to rebuke to be precise. Eliphaz was supposed to comfort his friend, Job, and not rebuke or correct him. Instead, he acted the opposite way. Is that you or is that me when we see our friends in trouble? Let's learn from Eliphaz's mistake in dealing with this matter, even the second time. The first time when they say, the second, the first time blabbing and saying a lot of things, and the second time as well, was accusing Job in various ways. In his speech, in that verse 4, you can see accusation. And in this accusation, he said, Job's speeches does not give honor to God. Is it true? This is not true. According to Job chapter 1, 20 to 21. And Job 15, 4 to 6 explained this. It was an accusation that those speeches are not hold water, is not speaking wise things and all the rest of that, which is false. And in that verse 4, it, it reads, but you even undermine pity 
and hinder devotion to God. That is what that verse says. Your, your word is just, uh, does not honor God. Verse 5. He says, your, this was Eliphaz's accusation in that verse 5 of chapter 15. I've read 4. That verse 5, your sin prompts your mouth and you adopt the tongue of the crafty. Is that true? Number 6, your own mouth condemns you. Not mine. Your lips testify against you. And we continue to see to, to see from that verse seven to nine. There's a lot of words to mention, but a few. I wrote here verse eleven to thirteen. You can compare that with Matthew. You can write that down and go and look at that at home. Matthew eleven six. That takes us quickly to 20 to 24, which we can compare with Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. We cannot condemn people in their suffering and say they are wicked, as Eliphaz you do in his suffering. You must always know that even the righteous could also suffer in times of their trials. I wrote again that the book of James, chapter 1. Two to four, Hebrew twelve, verse six. Though the righteous may be afflicted, he also has peace. Psalm thirty-four, verse nineteen, <coughs> and Psalm forty-six, one to two. Give that to us as assignment. Go and look at it and compare it with that verse twenty to twenty-four. Verse 27 to 35, reference that the prosperity of the wicked will last, will not last forever. Job chapter 15, 27 to 35, describes the prosperity of the wicked. You know, as you have always read in that book of Psalm 145, because that's what actually came to my mind. That's as for the wicked, he will punish. So there is no prosperity for the wicked. It will not, it, it will not last forever. And when you look at that, uh, uh, verse uh, Psalm 17, 9 to 10, it talks also of the wicked. So Psalm 145, 20. The Lord watches over all who love him. But the second part said, but all the wicked he will destroy. So it was lightning, Job, to, to a wicked person in his speech. That's why Job calls, uh, uh, call, call their uh, speeches uh, a miserable one. And he had put them together as a group. Although it was an accusation against Job, but it will also help us to be watchful on the kind, on the type of lifestyle we live. How God will destroy the wicked. Job's friend was referring to Job as a wicked man. But I just, there was an inspiration that came to me that we should discuss the act of the wicked man. Because Job, Job was not a wicked man. The Bible told, uh, told us about Job in that chapter 1. He's an upright man. He's a man that is a lover of God. 
He's a man that loved God. He's a man that sacrificed on behalf of his household. He was a priest. But he had his friends because of the shame and the problem that Job found himself. Because God uh, 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 allowed Satan to try him, his friends started running commentary on him. So, but they started, they started calling him in their speeches, miserable speeches, as they, uh, uh, as he, as we heard from the beginning, that he was a wicked man, but Job was not. So, but I have an inspiration to explain to us or to to let us deliberate in this how God will destroy the wicked. Anyone that is wicked. We need to get some inspiration from this Job's friend. Even though it was wrongly used in this place, in this in this scripture, but we are going to look at attributes of a wicked man from that verse 27. He says, but the wicked will be destroyed. Holding forth on that uh, Psalm uh, 145 verse 20. 27 says, though his face is covered with fat and his waist bulges with flesh. I want you to look at those words carefully. Any wicked one, anyone that is wicked, either you look fresh outside, but if you are wicked inside, you cannot escape God's words. So he said in that 27, though his face is covered with fat, looking fresh, and his waist bulge with flesh. He will inhabit ruined towns and houses where no one lives. Houses crumbling to rubbles. You can see that is just one of the things that happened to a wicked man. Even with their false life, anything they lay their hands on will be destroyed. Say, so, but all the wicked will destroy. When God destroys a wicked person, he destroys everything together so let us learn even though these words are not true of job but let us learn not to be wicked people just hate you for no reason people just envy for no reason that's the act of a wicked person people just you know i I, we don't want to be in that in that position people do things anyhow your brother is in need and you ask him to pray where is the love of god in your heart Act of a wicked person. And the act of a wicked person, you just look at people and his life. Who are you? We had nothing. Let that act not be seen in our lives. Because it causes our lives to be ruined. He said he will inhabit, verse 28, though his face is covered with fat, he might think you are enjoying life and everything. And his waist bodges with, with flesh. He will inhabit wind towns and houses. We are no one leaves. Houses crumble to rumble. Rubble. A, a wicked man. Verse 29. He will no longer be rich and his wealth will not endure. Nor will his possession spread over the land. He will lose everything he owns. A wicked man. Verse 30 of that chapter 15 of Job. He will not escape the darkness. A flame will wither his shoots, and the breath of God's mouth will carry him away. He cannot avoid God's punishment or wrath. That's what he's talking. He cannot avoid hell, which is a flame that is going to hell, which is that flame that is made mentioned. They said, verse 30, 
He said he will not escape darkness. A flame will wither his shoots. That is, he cannot avoid God's punishment or us or avoid going to hell, which is a flame. And this flame will be his portion. Flame withers his shoots. Everything that he owns, including his background, his, 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 his everything will be ruined. Verse 31. Let him not deceive himself by trusting what is worthless. Foolish ideas of the wicked. For he will get nothing in return. You know, the wicked person, they, they, they look at how to lure people, weak, willed ones, how to put their own uh, 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 idea into, into, into weak-willed ones. That's the lifestyle of a wicked person. Because you want something, you just want to do honey and all the rest of that. You know, attributes of a wicked person. So let him not deceive himself by trusting what is worthless. Foolish ideas that the wicked will bring to people. All because they want to drink and, and be known. But he will get nothing in return. All these wicked ideas that people have just to lure into people. You must be very careful about them. 32. A wicked man. Before his time, he will be paid in full. And his branches will, will not flourish. That is, he die before his time. Paid in full. Dead. There are people that are living, but they are living dead on planet Earth. That's a wicked man. Wicked, you just be living, and that is what is frustrating them. Sometimes the wicked man just get frustrated for no reason. Because your life is paid in full because of your cunning way, or because of your hatred, or because of wicked man. I'm talking about that tonight. 32 of that job you see says, before his time, he will be paid in full. Because you'll be rewarded by your wickedness. He said his branches will not flourish. May that not be a person. Even household of a wicked person will not flourish. Physically, except if that household decides not to follow the lifestyle of the wicked man. 33. He said it will be like a vine stripped of its unripe grapes, like an olive tree shedding its blossom. A, a vine stripped of unripe grapes that is bear no fruits or children. Eliphaz could not see the better future God has in store for Job. He could not see the Job's future. He could not see that Job's future is secured. Eliphaz could not see that. He's only seen the, all the things that was happening to Job at that time. He's using it to judge Job. And he's saying that Job is for the company of the of the godless that is the godless that you can put wicked person will be barren will have no children and fire will consume the tent of those who love bribes they will not be in that class it's an English word it's bribe there are lots of bribery all around 
But in Africa, you can see it in the real life. You will not love bribe. There are ways you can bribe people, bribe to occupy a position, bribe to be seen, bribe to. You know, you have it all over. It's a cunning way, lifestyle. It can bribe your way out in order to put other people in jeopardy. May God help us. That is a wicked man. To bribe your way out because you want other people's offices that are working in the office and you just bribe you, you, promotion is by hard work. But sometimes some people just want to bribe their way out. May that not be a portion. May we not be such people. In Jesus' name. 35. We don't bribe. Yeah, no, 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 no. There are ways that we love to bribe. May God help us to examine ourselves so that we can live a pure life before God. These are the things that Job was talking against Job. He was a wicked man. Then he also mentioned in that verse 35, they conceive trouble and give back to evil. Their womb fashion the seed. All this, we should note that all this accusation does not describe the man Job. They are all false. But we just need to learn so that you will not be wicked or a wicked person. They didn't describe Job at all because in chapter 1, chapter 1 described the man Job as the upright man who feared God, a priest to his household, who offers sacrifices on their behalf. There are lessons to be learned in this uh, chapter. People say a lot of things before us or behind our back. We must come to this conclusion as David. What if God allowed this for a reason? Sometimes people talk behind you. People do a lot of ugly things before you, in your presence, around you. But let's come to the point that all these things, let's not use it to fight. All these things God knows and is to help us, to elevate us to the next stage of our lives. And adventure you find yourself in these type of things. People are wicked to you, people are evil to you. And you tell God, Lord, why me? No, we don't need to query God. It's just for God to take you to the next, next level. And according to David, he said, what if God allowed this for a reason in my life? You must be assured that if God allowed it, it is for him to take us to the next ladder or level of our lives or the next ladder of our existence. That ends chapter 15. And we go to Job's reply to Eliphaz's second speech. Of that 16, of, of that chapter 15, that is chapter 16. In those reply, he warned and referenced that. He referenced that his friends, he now grouped them together. He didn't reply because there, there have been several bullying that has gone ahead. So he now put all his friends together when he was replying in that chapter 16. He was to reply Eliphaz, but he just joined every other person. That have spoken once, because this is Eliphaz's second speech. In his reply, he warned and referenced that his friends were ignorant in their speeches. May God help us so that we not be ignorant in our speeches. We don't just laugh, we don't just speak, 
You don't just look at people's condition. These are the things that we have been talking around those friends. You don't look at what people are going through and begin to talk to them, gossip them. Do it. You must be very careful. Let this teach us. Let's learn a lesson from this. You must not joke with people's life or treat people anyhow. You want to respect some, you want to elevate some. No, 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 no. no. We must be frank in our dealings and we must be sincere in our hearts. So when Job was to reply, he called their words that the, the ignorance, they were ignorant in their speeches. And how did he confirm this? You can see how he confirmed this from verse 2 of that chapter 16. He said, and he qualified or likened them, his friends. So he was referring to Eliphaz, but he grouped them together in this chapter. How did he qualify their words? Verse 2, miserable comforters. You can see without S there. He didn't say you are a miserable comforter, no. He grouped them together and said, miserable comforters, verse 2. What type of person are, are we? And how do people describe us? I read that against that verse. Are you a miserable comforter? Are you a blabber? Are you a talkative? I don't know what you are, what group you, uh, which group you belong to, but tell God to reveal yourself to you. Are you a gossiper? Are you someone that cannot, cannot sit down except you carry phone and you discuss somebody? Are you somebody, are you a troublemaker? Job made reference to all his friends. He said they are miserable comforters. Are you a miserable comforter? In the midst of uh, people going through certain experience or situation in their lives, do you comfort? Is your comfort a miserable one? How do you approach people in their dangerous zone or in times of in the area of their weakness? He also qualified uh, uh, his friend's speeches as uh, uh, argumentative. He said they are argumentative because of their kind of long-winded speeches. Long-winded. They were talking and talking and talking like a wind blowing things out. He said they are argumentative. Are you such a person? You want to argue your point to the end. He now encouraged them by correcting their errors. That if he was like them, he would only speak words of comfort that would bring relief to their pain. Let's choose this good path that Job spoke about. Let us be people that will speak words of com comfort to people that will bring relief to their pain. He said, if you were like, if you were them, if you were to speak to a friend in a dangerous zone, in a condition like this, this world will be comforting and will help to relieve them in their situation. And I read that verse, say, chapter 16, 2 to 6, said, I have had many things like this. Miserable comforters, as you to underline it. Are you all? Will your long-winded uh, speeches never end? What hails you that you keep on arguing? Your word is full with arguments. 
I also could speak like you if you were in my place. I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head at you. But my mouth will encourage you. My mouth will com comfort, uh, comfort from my lips will bring you relief. Let us choose this good path that Joe spoke about here. His mouth will encourage them if, he were, uh, if they were in his position. Comfort from his lips will bring them relief. Yet, if I speak, my pain is not relieved, and if I refrain, it does not go away. So sometimes, in our low estates, the book of Psalm 136 said, He who remembers us in our low estates, always know that God is always with us when we are going through times and situations. He said, If I speak, my pain will not be relieved. Even if I answer these people, I'm still in pain. I'll be stressing myself out because sometimes, it's good for you to be quiet. You know, we have said it all today. It's good to keep quiet. No matter what we are going through, just keep quiet and be watching instead of talking. There are accusations against you. We all know that when you look at the cross of Jesus, Jesus was patterned, broken. They did a lot of evil against Jesus. He said, never, like a lamb, let to be slaughtered. Never open his mouth to say what. Yet if I speak, my pain is not relieved. He didn't say what. And if I refrain, it does not go away. So let's learn from that word spoken in that verse 6. Now let's see Job's response. What he said confirmed again. Job blamed God for his affliction. You know that it was the devil that was trying him because God permitted him to do that, but he must not touch his soul. Job 1, 15 and 17. Job accused that his enemy, the devil, caused him great pain with terrible injuries. Because I would refer to the devil as the one that is causing all these terrible injuries. And in verses 19 to 22, what a wonderful uh, scripture. I love this place. When I got there, I was just going on and on, you know, over and over again. Joe spoke of his friend. His friend that he's talking about. You will all be out with me. That is Jesus. Even though Jesus was not born at that time, but Jesus has been from beginning. John 1 1. So, even here, he was speaking of this, his friend. Joe spoke of his friend, a lawyer. Ask you to underline it when we're reading it from that verse 19. And let's adhere to this as well and, and make Jesus our lawyer or our witness in heaven. The Bible said, according to that, Ephesians 2 6, he seated with God in the heavenly places, far above principalities, pleading on our behalf. He spoke of this, his friend said he's a lawyer witness or a witness in heaven he called him his advocate his joint intercessor friend on high who speaks to god on his behalf 19 to 22. even now my witness is in heaven my advocate is on high <laughs> he's also a witness 
in heaven. He's also an advocate. He's on high. My intercessor is my friend. He's also an intercessor. He's also a friend. As my eyes pour out tears to God, on behalf of the man, he pleads with God, and the man pleads for his friend. Only a few years will pass before I go on the journey of no return. I want you to underline that word, the verse 22. Few years will pass if I go on the journey of no return. Can this friend, though referred to as in that scripture, be Jesus? Yes. He's knowing, he, he is knowing fully well that Jesus has been before creation. Though Job lives, uh, 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 lived many centuries, lived many centuries before Jesus, before Jesus, the man was born. But Jesus has been from the beginning of creation. Scriptural references from the book of Hebrew about Jesus, which confirms chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. Hebrew chapter 4, 14 to 15. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Can I remind us of the word of God here tonight? Jesus is still the high priest. Let us hold firmly to our faith to fight the battle for us to the end. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest. The same Hebrew for, uh, I read for verse 14, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. You can see all Job's references there. He's his friend, he's the high priest, he's the advocate, he's his witness. Hebrew 4 is confirming all this. A great high priest, that was what he called A high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. The Bible said, in, uh, uh, Thessalonians said, He who knew no sin was made sin for us. So that we can become the righteousness of Christ. That is the high place that we have. He's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Hebrews 7, 24 to 25 also describes the man Jesus. But because Jesus, sees life, uh, because Jesus lives forever, he has a, a permanent priesthood. Hebrews 7, 25, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always needs to intercede for them. So Jesus is still our intercessor. And the book of John 1, 1 to 2 also confirms that in the beginning was Jesus the word of God. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So even Jesus has been there for Job. We always know that Jesus went ahead of us. He finished the work on the cross of Calvary. And he said, it is finished. 
from that moment that Jesus said it is finished, everything about our life, principalities, that uh, he has dealt with it. All the things that uh, the enemy will be bringing into our lives, sicknesses and everything, he has dealt with it, so he said it is finished. When I started having this, my soul in ankle, I just said, Jesus, you have finished this work on the cross of Calvary. I tell you that I'm enjoying the peace in that ankle, even with little pain, but it's not as heavy pain as before. Whatever we are going through, let us see Jesus as our intercessor. Let us see Jesus as our mediator. Let us see Jesus in everything. The one that has gone ahead of us, the one that has been from the beginning and is still now and forevermore. John 1, 3 to 5. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Jesus is our life giver. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Job 16.22 You can reference this to Ecclesiastes 12. From verse 1 it talks of uh, uh, that, we, um, that we should remember God in the days of our youth. When evil day has not come. When it got to that verse 7 began to describe the evil day. And he said the dust returned to the ground it came from. And the spirit returned to God who gave it. You can see that that is how that 22 was ended in that chapter 16. Meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. But for a little reference, I just want to quickly take us to that Ecclesiastics to explain this. Because, and I want you to hold on to that verse 22 of Job's reply to his friends. Only a few years to pass before I go on the journey of no return. Let us, you can write this against it. Job chapter 10, verse 21 talks about this, this journey of no return. But I just want to stem and conclude with Ecclesiastics chapter 12 as we end. So holding forth onto that uh, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Because the time is coming that we, we go on this journey of no return. That we have to leave everything behind just for God to go and serve our King forever and ever. And that book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the, the, the days of trouble come, old age, death time, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. This is happening to aged people. You know, just when he was referring in his uh, speech, uh, those friends in, in, in his speech or in their speeches or whatever, made reference to aged people, people that know more than you. Well, there is a time that you get to that age, that when that age begins to tell on you, all these things that you have been seen as pleasure becomes of no value to us. So let us now remember God in the days of our youth. I want to salute all of us that are releasing our children for this Bible study and you are sitting there at home to teach them the word, to teach them the word. The word of God will never fail in, your, in our households in the name of Jesus. 
say time is coming when we say we have no pleasure in death. Instead of putting only pleasure before our children, before ourselves, let us remember God, even in these days of our youth. Say before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark, the cloud return after the rain. That's another topic on its own. If not today, we are going to deal with that. But God will give me opportunity. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stooped, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows go dim, when the doors to the streets are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rises up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. That verse 5 is the key word I want us to look at. When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blows them, you know, it, it, it talks about, it, about, the almond, about the olive tree and the rest of them, and the grasshopper drags himself along and desires no longer. He said, then man goes to his eternal home. That is what is referred to, a place where we go of no return. But we live there forever. We have to leave this earth. Let us not live on this earth as if uh, we are going nowhere. Job made reference to this also in Job 17.13. You can, you can look at that. Also in Job 10.21 that I've told you about. And mourners go about the street. Remember him before the silver cord is delayed. Talking about Chandalaya, when that road that holds Chandalaya in the in the air, when it cuts off, all the Chandalaya get destroyed. That is the silver cord is delayed, or the golden bowl is broken. Before the pitchers is shattered at the spring, all the pots that they used to go and fetch water, all the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returned to the ground it came from. All this discrepancy, that was why. To this place, describe that verse 22 of Job 16, uh, Job 16, verse 22. The preacher now said, meaningless. Some scriptures say vanity. Meaningless, says the preacher. Everything is meaningless. And he concluded, which he wrote, he wrote here, the conclusion of the matter. Not only was the teacher wise, but also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher said to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like gods. They are collected, saying, like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to this, of making many books, there is no end, and much study. Where is the body? Now all has been heard here in the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Can I say to God because a time is coming, I'm still deliberating on that Job 16.22 which go on a journey of no return. Let us fear God and keep holding forth to his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Before we go on this journey of no return, may God grant us long life and prosperity. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. May the Lord bless the reading of this holy word. I rest my case here. I believe God has really blessed us tonight. Let us ponder on these words and try to carefully 
look to the way that we speak. We must not just speak anyhow. We must not let the, the wicked nature, the wicked attitude, we must not let it enthrone our lives or, or hold us forward to do the right thing. We must not be a wicked person. Even Job was being given a wrong accusation. But there are things that we have to learn from that speech or the speeches of Job's friends. Telling that uh, uh, Alipha's second speech. Talking about a wicked person. Wickedness must not be found in us because he said there is no peace for the wicked. He talks about the wicked. You can be looking fresh, you can be looking buoyant, you fat cheeks and everything, but if there is wickedness in us, he said the wicked he will destroy. And those speeches, he said, if I have the same opportunity like you have, I will use the word well that comes out of my mouth. I will not speak anyhow. Let us hold forth to that word. And let us see towards the end that we began to speak of us. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. There is a time that we finish our work. And then we have to move and go on to the journey of no return. Let us think about this word and ponder on them. And set God in these days of our years. When the evil day has not come. May the Lord bless us. The Lord keep us, shine his face upon us, and may the Lord give us rest in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you all. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us lift up our voices to God, and you are going to pray. Jesus spoke about the parable of the sower, and one of the things that is very outstanding there is the seed that fell on the good ground. Put, put behind you for now the other seeds. I'm not talking about the one that fell by the roadside or the rock. I'm talking about the one that fell on the good ground. Mm-hmm. By faith, begin to make declaration that, Lord, I thank you for this word that I've had today. It has fallen in my heart, the good ground, and it shall be a hundredfold and a thousandfold in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Everything I've had today shall work for my good. The word that I receive today shall bring forth my healing. It will cause my dry bone to have flesh upon them. Begin to declare to your life, to your business, to your family, into your mind, oh Marie Barados, Chichipa, Lendre Bosoton de Leskipra, Lemongra, Iskorabo. Father, the word I've had today is fit word from the Holy Spirit, from the throne of heaven. It has fallen on my heart. My heart is a good ground. I command you, my soul, to bring forth fruit in hundredfold, in thousandfold, in hundredfold, in thousandfold, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Begin to declare, I receive healing from the word. I receive restoration from the word. I receive power from the word. We exalt the word of God. In the name of the Lord of hosts, we exalt the word of God. Thank you, Father. God said the word that came out of my mouth will not return to me empty. It will accompany the purpose of the Lord your word will accomplish the purpose. It will accomplish the purpose. 
As my life, as the world is, my life shall be. As the world is, my family shall be. As the world is, my home shall be. As the world is, oh God, our church shall be. Pray in a new tongue also. Exercise the flame, the fire of the Holy Ghost that has come upon you. Matarapa le grotomo supra le monde. Eraka de gusto lobojika na mahe parabodonde. Reketuma le kika le moka kaika rabondo lo di. Reketura pasito lobosika yema rakunda la maote. Orika babrendo le mosika radi. Shama le kumabre leta le brosoto le bredi. I am made whole by your word. I receive healing by your word. I receive restoration by your word. For the word of God is sharp. It is sharper than to extort. So the dividing of bones and marrows may palete que reduzo mambo Begin to command fire, 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 fire all around me. Fire of God. Fire, fire, fire in my body. Fire in my bone. Fire in my, in my soul. Fire in my mind. I call the manifestation of the promise of the living God. Oh Lord, we pray thee. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Come on, I want to pray one more prayer point. It's from one of the scriptures that one of the contributors recited. And it has to do with all what we have been hearing. You know, Jesus spoke in the, uh, uh, the parable of the sower, which we read it today too, you know, about all this seed. But you see, you as saints of God should not focus on this seed that fell on the roadside, on the rock, that the, the you know, the tongues, you know, uh, uh, balls pick up, and the one that fell on tongues that was choked by cares of this life. You are not going to be among those who cares of this world choked because you are on the platform of warriors of the night. Those who are on this platform have gone beyond that because we have made an allegiance to our God to serve Him throughout our life and to be messengers is more peace for Him. Do we get it now? So you are, you are concentrating on the one that, was, that is sown in the good soil. You are good soil. That's why you come to this prayer every day. This is 244 days. You come to this prayer every day because you are a good soil. Now, you are going to pray. That scripture is from Jeremiah six seventeen. The only thing that we must be careful about is the deception of Satan. He deceives people with the cares of the world, of course. He deceives people by all this, uh, you know, news, marauding news is all over the whole place. News that people are, especially the social media, have become one of the greatest tools of, of Lucifer. Uh, we know that the, the main, mainstream media have been very powerful tools used by the hands of the devil. And I say that because of many negative information they pass and then tune the heart of people to believe the lie until the truth will come out and people will begin to say that this is the truth. But before that time, some people have been lost in believing a lie. And we're going to pray. And now Satan is using the other, other media, which is the social media, to propagate all manners of rumor. To so the place you are by some people today, they don't talk to Holy Spirit anymore because social media is their spirit. Okay? They have replaced Holy Spirit with social media. You are going to pray this. It says in Jeremiah 17, 7, But blessed is the man whose God, who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. But before we read that blessed, verse 5 says, this is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. 
Whether you are claiming that you, you, you are a child of God, if you do this, you are coming under curse. That's, that is what makes Christians who are supposed to thrive in life struggle, struggle, struggle to no avail. Because the word of God will not bend for anybody. It says in verse 6, he will be like a bush in the wasteland. If that is who you are, you better turn to Jesus. Turn away from man. Turn away from flesh. Turn away from all this nonsense on social media and turn to the scripture, turn to the Holy Ghost. He will not see prosperity when it comes. If you are one of those that people are giving testimony, your testimony is far. It's far fetched. Then check your life. Come on now. Check. Be sincere to yourself. You remember the three pillars of life. Don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive man. Don't deceive God. The greater deception of a man is to deceive himself. Turn away from all the evil. He said, he'll be like bush, like bush in the wasteland. He will not see prosperity when he comes. He will dwell in a past place of desert. In a short land where there is, there is no one. No one lives. That is living in an oblivion. In a life of, uh, uh, you know, it, it will happen tomorrow. It will happen next tomorrow. It will happen next year. Whereas your sins is hindering you. A place where you are the only one who understands yourself. No other person understands it. And you are in isolation. I will together now. So then he says, But blesses the man, and that man is you. Who trusts in the Lord? Maybe you have been trusting in other things. Today, 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 this is going to be your prayer point. Whose confidence is in him? Not in your knowledge, your craftiness. He will be like a tree planted at the riverside, that is you. That sends his root to the streams, that is you. It does not fear when heat comes. That is you. It, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fail to bear fruit. That is you. You are going to lift up your voice and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I put my trust in you. I put my confidence in you. Deliver me from anything that may derail me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Anything that can derail my confidence, deliver me from them, protect me from them. I put my hope in you, my trust in you. <coughs> deliver me from my flesh, that I will not have confidence in my flesh. Deliver me from people who give me false hope, that I will not be deceived by them. Deliver me from friends who can easily lure me, saying that God has said when God has not spoken. Deliver me from false prophets. Deliver me, O God. Deliver me. Put a guard in my heart. Give me this. That I may be able to know as Jesus understood the heart of people yesterday, we looked at that. Give me such unction that I will know the heart of people when they derail from God. What they are saying may look good, but it may not be God. Deliver me, O God, from the deception of Satan in these last days. That my confidence will be in you, O God. My hope will be in you, O God. In you, my trust shall be established. And I will be like the tree planted by the waterside. I will send my root to the streams. Everything I do will prosper. I will not fear the days of heat. Tell the Lord, I will always be green, always stay green. I will not worry. And your word shall be manifest in my life. It does not matter what I go through like Job. But your word shall prevail over me. My circumstances shall not determine my trust and confidence. Lord, Job still trusted in you to the end. 
Lord, you help me to trust in you, to, regardless of what is going on around me. Father God, I praise and bless your holy name. We thank you, Jehovah. Glory be to your name, King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Now I want to pray for, you know, various issues now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you because your word is true. Lord, thy word abided and our footsteps guided. He that believeth, it is he that will have joy and salvation. And we thank you because when the enemies came against us, it is your word that was our shield. It is your word that was our arrow. It was your word that is our sword. And we cut down the paths of hell and they prevail no, 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 no further over us. When we are surrounded by battle, it is your word that strengthens us. When things are going terribly bad around us, it is your word that gives us hope. And by the hope, we are victorious. Father, we bless your holy name. And so, Lord, I speak to the life of everyone under my voice. May the grace of God be multiplied over you. May the word of God prosper in your life. May it prosper in your body. May it prosper in your soul. May it prosper in your spirit. May the word of God prosper in your family. May the word of God prosper in your business. May it prosper in your thoughts, in your endeavors, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. May the powers of this age never be able to outwit you. May you stand shoulder high and neck tall in this tempestuous time upon mankind. May your eyes be filled with revelation in this time of gloom. When Isaiah said, darkness covers the earth, take darkness over the people. But my light says the Lord rises upon you. May you rise in the light of God in the midst of this gloom and darkness. May you not be among those who be confused in this season. May your heart be illuminated by heaven, by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. May the Lord guard your steps, guard your heart and mind and speeches, guard your relationships so that you will not contaminate yourself with those who will shipwreck you. Every human agent Satan sent around you, may the Lord open your eyes to see. May the Lord guide you away from them. May the Lord destroy every weapon that the enemy will send against your heart and mind. To destroy that which you have been building over years with God. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord, may the word of God envelop you. And may it be your guard and protection. I say, before the end of November, it shall come to pass that you will be fulfilled. The Lord will fulfill every promise he has promised you. If you are sick, you are made whole. If you are miserable, you have direction. If you are jobless, you have jobs. If you are a business person, you flourish. As in lockdown will stop in England, for those of you in England, I say you enter into avalanche blessing of God. As the lockdown will come come to an end, many opportunities will begin to rise up. You will will bask in the opportunities. In the name of the Lord. The Lord will direct those opportunities towards you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your hopes shall not be dashed. Yours shall be fulfillment to the last minute of the day of November. And as you enter into December and preparing for the new year, you enter into your light. Not shadow, but light. The light at the end of the tunnel shall be made visible. And your 
the name of the Lord shall be glorified Amen. in your life. Your mouth Amen. shall be filled with laughter Amen. and your tongue with songs of joy Amen. and songs of praise. Amen. So shall it be the sound of rejoicing will not cease in your Amen. camp. Those of you who are studying, you receive the spirit of wisdom and insight. Amen. To everybody I say, Isaiah 11 verse, verse 2, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of insight and the fear of God. Receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We will not be disappointed. And we will not disappoint God. Heaven shall continue to be on our side. So shall it be. And so it is. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for those who have their birthdays today. May you bless them, Lord. May you remember the purposes for which you created them. And may you grant them success in everything. Grant them long life, O God. Grant them all the good desires of their heart, Lord. Everything they need to fulfill destiny. Let heaven supply. Empower their ministry spirit and give them the heart to obey the voice of God through their ministry spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit that guide them. Lord, we pray for those who have their wedding anniversary. May your peace be upon wedding. Every marriage that Satan has attacked, we attack every spirit that attacks marriages and we destroy them in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask, O God, that you will send your stinging bee, hornet, from heaven to attack every evil spirit said to destroy families. In the name of Jesus, every human that is said to destroy family, I decree, Lord, let there be a separation between them and us. May your word be fulfilled in every marriage and may your name be glorified. Provision from heaven abundantly. Thank you, Father, because you have sent them. This we ask and thank you is done. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen and amen. May the Lord be with you and keep you and bless you. Have a, a, a happy night rest and a restful night. All right. Bye-bye.